The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say, You will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. If I were to take a poll and ask Lutherans to tell me what the prominent image is that goes with the Reformation theme, I think an overwhelming majority would say it is Martin Luther nailing the 95 theses on the church door in Wittenberg. He was a colorful man and theologian. The way Luther wrote was once described as a vast ocean with waves and the tossing back and forth of thought and pen. His writings are vast and he inspired many even beyond the Lutheran Reformation. It would come to be said by Martin Chemnitz, who would follow Luther, that the best thing Luther ever wrote was the small called articles. The small called articles are to the point. He considered the writing to be his last will and testament which he penned in the year 1537. In it, Luther began the writing explaining briefly the Holy Trinity. After that, Luther explains the doctrine of justification. He calls it the first and chief article of the entire writing. He was laying out the gospel at the start, and everything written after it was to be understood in view of the gospel. St. John chapter 8, for this occasion of the observance of the Reformation, paints for us what would have likely been Luther's ideal image for today. So let's embark down the road together as I paint for you the image from the gospel. The gospel for today begins. Jesus said to those Jews who had believed him, if you remain in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will free you. The response of the Jews was one of misunderstanding but also a forgetfulness of their own past. They say, we are the seed of Abraham. We have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say to us, you will be free? First and foremost, they did not understand the depth of sin. Second, they had forgotten their past. 
For example, their father Joseph in Genesis was at one time a slave in Egypt. The people of Israel would then become slaves in Egypt. Later on, they were enslaved in Babylon. And then lastly, at the time Jesus was talking to them, they were slaves to the Romans who had made Judea a Roman province. In all of this, it is important to remember that the text tells us that these Jews who take issue with Jesus' language had believed what he had just previously said about his own passion and death for the sins of the world. And so our picture is slowly being painted for us today. Those people of Old Testament pedigree could not seem to wrap their minds around what Jesus said. But Jesus gets to the heart of it all when he says in the next verse, all who sin are slaves to sin. Jesus is trying to get his audience to reflect on that which enslaves. Slowly, Jesus is painting us the appropriate Reformation picture. If this discourse of Jesus is lost on the hearers, it will be made clear by the Gospels themselves. For example, when a paralytic is lowered through the roof of a house while Jesus is teaching, and Jesus stops teaching to look at the man, forgive him his sins, and then tells him to get up and walk, we see the picture of the gospel. When we look upon the woman with the flow of blood who grabs hold of the tassel hanging from the hem of Jesus' robe and she is healed and her life restored, the gospel portrait begins to reveal shades of color. And then there's the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke's gospel that provide the contours of what we need to remember. It is the tax collector who, praying in the temple, beats his breast and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then Jesus says, it is the tax collector who goes home forgiven. The life of Jesus in the Gospels depicts a journey to the cross where he encounters people who are hopeless, helpless, broken, and sinful. They are impotent and unable to change their course. And if there are any human notions or attempts to try to save ourselves, Jesus even raises the dead to demonstrate the true reality of the human condition. At the end of Martin Luther's life, he was asked to go to the town of Eisleben, his birthplace, to mediate some disputes between counts. It was there that Luther died. After his death, from Luther's cassock pocket, they pulled out a little note that Luther had scribbled, this is true, we are all beggars.
This was the theology that was a staple of Luther's. He would write years earlier in 1527, certainty of faith is a gift that exceeds my powers. The best Reformation picture, therefore, is in line with perhaps that last scribbling of Luther's pen. It is a picture of Jesus coming to you in your greatest need. If you wonder, I am a beggar needing mercy. Can Jesus forgive me of my grave sins? Yes, Jesus forgives you all your sins. If you wonder, does Jesus love me in spite of my doubts? Yes, he does love you. One of the subtle marks of John's text completes our picture. A couple of times in it, Jesus mentions his word. Near the end of our text, Jesus says, You seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. All of this word talk is predicated upon the beginning of John's gospel, which reads, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It speaks of the incarnate realities of that word. So when Jesus is talking to the Jews about his word, it is an embodied word that comes and touches. And so Jesus comes to you and touches you today. He frees you. As he forgives, he strengthens and changes. He gives you new life. It is a sacramental word that gives baptism and opens heaven to you. That word takes bread and wine and gives you Jesus to eat and drink. It gives the pastoral ministry where you hear absolution to be renewed and given hope. It is true. We are all beggars. And this is why Jesus came to die on the cross for the life of the world. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.